Good morning. Happy almost new year. I cannot believe it's almost 2024. Christmas snuck up on us. It was the most sneaky Christmas ever. And now the sneaky new year. <laughs> I'm so excited for this service today because we're getting to hear from all sorts of people, just testimonies of what God did this year. So really looking forward to that. And before we, we do, we're gonna spend some time ministering to the heart of God, telling him we love him, inviting his presence, inviting his authority. So Father, we just are so grateful for this chance to come together as a family and to bless your name. You are our God and we are your people. And Father, as we minister to, minister to your heart, teach us what you want to hear. Give us lines from heaven. How do you want us to describe you? How do you want us to sing out your praises? Whisper those to our hearts this morning. We bless you, Jesus. Amen. I want to invite anybody who wants to come up. I know we're a cozy bunch this morning, but you're more than welcome to come to the front here with your families and worship with us. We can uh, redo the right song here one second.
that as we sing this final song that you would bring to our remembrance all the millions of ways you've been faithful and that we can say thank you. God, we want to enter into 2024 with a grateful heart. I thank you, God, that fear and gratitude cannot exist in the mind at the same time. So, Father, we just give you thanks. Give you thanks, God. Jesus Christ, He is. 
Jesus encounters the ten who have leprosy. They're completely cast out from the community around them, uh, from their own family. They can't be a part of the society. They just have to live out in the wilderness by themselves. They have no hope. But they encounter Jesus, and he has mercy on them. And he sends them off to wash, and as they wash, their healing comes to them. And it says that one of the ten came back to him to thank him for what he had done. And Jesus' reply to this is, weren't there ten? Why is it that only one came back? We just celebrated 
Christmas and you know, I got, like you see your kids open up gifts and it's really just junk. Like it doesn't really matter. It's not gonna change their life. But when they open the gift, you gave them that gift because it's an expression of your love for them. Anytime you give someone something, it's because I love you. And this gift isn't going to change your life, but hopefully it does something to express the love that I have for you. And I want you to receive that love. And you want your kids to say, thank you for it. And not just like, you know, go off with it. Because you want them to acknowledge that they have received love from you. They didn't just receive the gift. They received your heart. They received your love and your affection. That's what Jesus is getting at. He didn't heal them just to keep them healthier for a little bit while, a little while longer while they await their resurrected body. He healed them as an expression of his love for them, a demonstration of his heart. So one person coming back means that they didn't just receive a gift, he received his heart. He received and recognized his love. And that's what the Lord wants from us. For us to have intimacy with him, it means that we don't just receive the stuff, but we recognize the heart behind the Lord who's given us all of the different blessings we have. So over the next couple of minutes, would you just take a little time with the guidance of the Holy Spirit to reflect on something that you need to give thanks to the Lord for, where you're not just going to receive the blessing of what he's done and the blessing of what he's given you, but take a couple of minutes to really receive the love of the Lord, to acknowledge it, and to thank him and express love back to him. Over the next couple of minutes, church, let's thank the Lord.
Lord, we thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for all you've done. And we recognize that every blessing we've received from you is more than just a blessing. It's an expression of your love. And so Lord, we receive your love this morning and we give you our love in return. Teach us to be a people who are filled with gratitude and thanksgiving. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, it is so good to be here with you this morning, the last day of 2023. And uh, I think every single one of my resolutions has been completely destroyed. Uh, but but this morning we're going to do things a little bit different. And... um, it goes back to this idea of the Lord, when he's, when he's forming a people for himself, when he's taking a people out of slavery in Egypt and he's teaching them how to be his people and how to live uh, in his presence, how to live in relationship with him. Uh, one of the things that he does is he says, I want you to remember the different things that you've seen me do. So when they're freed from Egypt and it's through miracles and signs and wonders that God is able to demonstrate his power over even the most powerful person on earth at the time, Pharaoh, and he's able to lead his people into freedom and into the land that he called them to, uh, he says, I want you to remember this. I want you to build different, um, you know, they're stacking stones up to remember these different things. When they cross over the Jordan, they're stacking stones up. He says, I want you to recount these things to your children. When your children see these things, and they ask you, what does that mean? I want you to tell them what the Lord has done. Uh, So many of the Psalms that we read, it's remembering the things that the Lord has done and singing that out and giving thanks to God for it. And as we do this, um, as a people, and it's something he's continuing to call us to do and he's forming us into is remembering what he's done and giving thanks to him for that and celebrating it. It brings glory to God first and foremost, which if he's doing these incredible things, uh, it's a demonstration of his glory and we want to give glory back to him because of what he's done. And then the second thing that it does is it also forms us in our own faith. We begin to see what God has done and it changes our view of who God is. Oftentimes our view of God is shaped not so much by scripture, but it's shaped by our own experiences. And we're constantly learning to say, no, this is who God's revealed himself to be. I'm gonna believe that this is who God is. But uh, when you believe that God's a healer because in scripture it says that and you see it, but if you haven't ever encountered healing yourself, it can be like, well, Maybe this is like an idea, like in theory, God's a healer. But then when you experience healing yourself, you're like, oh no, like he actually is a healer. When you experience deliverance, I believe that God, yeah, he's a deliverer. But then when you experience deliverance yourself, oh my goodness, like he is a deliverer. When you experience a restoration in a relationship, he's a reconciler. And so when we experience this ourselves, it gives new life to what we've already believed about God because of how he's revealed himself, but our personal experience, it really cements it and it helps us understand it in a new way. And so when we share a testimony of what God has done, it brings glory to him, but that testimony of what we've experienced in God also begins to stir up faith in those who hear it to help them understand God in a new way and to even begin to believe Maybe God can do that in me. 
And it starts to build faith inside of us to believe that God can do in us what we've seen him do in others. And so this morning, we're gonna share some testimonies um, about what we've seen God do and some members of our own family here. And now we're gonna spend some time praying with each other. After faith is stirred up inside of us about what God can do, then we'll get together and we'll begin to pray that over each other. And then we'll go drink some coffee, eat some food and enjoy time together. But uh, this morning, first we have Rolf and Phyllis who are going to be coming up here and they have a testimony that they are going to be sharing. So come on up here. Who am I giving the mic to? I'll hand it to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, This is really uh, two testimonies in one. Uh, uh, The first being after uh, complaining of being short of breath. I went to see my doctor. He uh, ordered me to go to the uh, pulmonary clinic at U of M and there they ended up diagnosing me with pulmonary fibrosis idiopathic because we couldn't figure out why it it happened Uh, the doctor told me after conducting a a battery of tests that uh, I basically had three about three years to live and uh, which was a normal lifespan for this disease. Uh, but you know, in life, there, when, when you're a believer and you're a warrior, like my lovely wife who rose up and told the doctor, uh, <laughs> we're not normal average people in your statistics. We have a God we serve. I hope I can get through this. We have a God we serve, and only he can determine our comings and goings. And so after that diagnosis, uh, we, went, we came to church and asked Pastor Jeremy to pray for me. He prayed for healing and that there would be no progression of the disease. And that was six years ago. So the prayers of the saints, uh, fast forward to January of 2023, they had my periodic lung tests and uh, x-ray, and I passed it so well that the doctor said, you have to uh, turn in your oxygen because I can't justify uh, the numbers that the insurance companies need <laughs> for you to <laughs> for you to stay on oxygen, <laughs> and so that's the same year that we uh, received the report about my lungs. We were uh, getting ready to leave for vacation, but I was still feeling a little short of breath, and I had a dentist appointment. Went to the dentist, and. Uh, my dental hygienist, who I love dearly, said, I complained about my jaw aching. And 
she said, well, you need to see your primary doctor and because it could be something more serious. So I went to see my primary, but he wasn't available. Man, God just works. <laughs> and uh, his uh, resident, who the, my primary said was his doctor, uh, ordered some more tests. I've been tested out, I'm telling you. <laughs> and uh, he ordered tests on my carotid, bunch of echocardiograms and all kinds of heart tests, but they were all negative. And so the next step was he said, well, we're gonna have to do the dye test, and so you're gonna have to go to the clinic and spend eight hours, actually, getting dye in my veins and uh, f for them to look, take a, a closer look. Well, what they found was that I had a, a condition usually known, no, I had a condition that was a killer that is usually known as the Widowmaker. I had a complete blockage on the right side of my heart. But God, amen. amen. Uh, he had caused, God had caused my body to grow collaterals which supplied blood to the right side of my heart and so my heart did not have any damage isn't that amazing and so he said the doctor said go on your vacation we'll put stents in to assist your blood flow and um, but uh, once again God showed himself mighty on my behalf and see, God intervenes in our lives when we don't even know it. I had no idea that there were collaterals growing in my heart. So I had another test and appointment with my doctor, and so my heart is in really good shape. So it, this was in 20, the spring. Uh, like the song says, he's working when we don't know he's working. And so as April 25, 2023, I was looking out at the deer in our, my backyard from our kitchen door, and uh, I started experiencing numbness in my left hand and my face and arm. So I said, well, it's either a heart attack or a stroke. So I went and told Phyllis, I think I was having a stroke. She was in the bedroom changing. And she, quick like a bunny, called 911. And they stayed on the phone with Phyllis while the ambulance was en route. And Phyllis rode in the ambulance with me, praying over me. On the way to the hospital, she called uh, our family our home group leaders, the pastoral leaders here at Radiant Church, asking them to pray. I want to tell you, don't ever believe prayer does not work. So, uh, okay. Our children and grandchildren were at ER when we arrived, which I'm still trying to figure out how they did that. 
And the ambulance got us to the hospital in record time. And uh, they were waiting for me. They, I, I just got to give a shout out to that emergency staff at U of M. They were wonderful. They did a wonderful job. And we were, they were ready for me. They decided to admit me for th that night. And Phyllis uh, spent the night with me. The medical team began test a bunch of other tests. And uh, so the next morning, I just, I'm just excited about how God works. The next morning, feeling began to come back into my hands, my face. My arm wasn't numb at all. And uh, as you know, the hospital, there's a steady stream of people coming to talk to you and do little mini tests. Uh, but we were able to minister to several of them, sharing our testimonies and giving them life advice. And so that, and see, that, that, that's proof that God uses us when we're not really thinking about him using us. Share your faith, share your belief. That afternoon, my grandson John called to check on me and asked if he could pray for me. So I put him on speakerphone, put him on speakerphone so Phyllis and his mom Tammy could hear what he was praying. And uh, he started praying. Well, you know, at U of M, you get two beds to a room, so my, uh, what, what kind of doctor was she? Uh, ne neurologist was in the, ne into the next bed ministering to that, that guy. And <clears throat> all of a sudden, it went silent in there as John prayed. And when, <laughs> I know, and when he, we were all just bawling, you know, because he was, the prayer was so powerful, the presence of God was in the room. And he, uh, when he finished praying, the doctor came out, she had tears in her eyes, said she had never heard prayer like that before. Then the the wife of the gentleman in the next room, she came over and began to speak with Phyllis about the healing power of God and how to access that. And my neurologist had left, but she said to us when she left, before she left, that she would let me go home, but she had to check with my primary doctor and my cardiologist who this was like four or five o'clock in the afternoon and you know they're those guys are busy so she came back she came back and said i really don't believe this happened i was able to talk to both of them review all your tests and they said you can go home Amen. and so we didn't even have to try to get a ride because tammy was there so we were able to just hop in the car and go home. But the most powerful part of all of that for me 
was that after the room cleared and it kind of calmed down a minute, I clearly heard the voice of God say, not today, not today. So we were, we were blessed with his miraculous healing. Our circumstances being in the hospital was really for others. God had handpicked people to come in to be ministered to and they, so they could also experience his love. Sometimes God has more than one purpose at a time. We thought we were there just because of the stroke, but we were really there to minister so they could experience the presence of God. And see, we're all priests. And we forget that as believers and we don't spend enough time recognizing that God has called us. If you've received Jesus Christ, you're called to the ministry of reconciliation. So our scripture for 2023 was Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not onto your own understanding and have faith. Have faith. Thank you. Yeah, it's incredible. Thank you so much. Awesome. All right, we're going to have Amy come on up here. Wow. Is this on? Okay, how do, you, how do I follow that? <laughs> um, well, my testimony isn't a physical healing, but maybe it'll become that. I, uh, one of my favorite moments of 2023 was when Pastor Abraham from India was visiting. Who was there for that? Yeah, such a powerful night. And um, after he had given his teaching, Jeremy, you invited him up to, to pray for us, to to impart gifts of healing or for to receive healing. And I wasn't feeling really good. I think I was coming down with something. And um, I was like, you know what? The line's pretty long to get to Pastor Abraham. I'm just going to leave. And Anna, Anna Brown, she, uh, she was going to have none of it. She's like, you are not leaving this place, Missy, until you get prayed for. And so she grabbed my arm, took me to the back of the line, and then James, who does our tech often, he came around to the other side of me. So she was on my right, James was on my left, and they're both marching me down. And uh, James is crying. And I thought, wow, my brother is crying for my pain. We, we hardly got to the line and Cheryl, uh, Cheryl Hoskins sees me just like Sister Bear 
hugs me, embraces me with like such compassion. And I'm like, what is going on? Did everybody whisper to each other that Amy needs some TLC tonight? And when we finally got to Abraham, uh, he was like, what do you need prayer for? And I told him. And as soon as he starts praying, I start wailing like a baby orca. And the whole church is circling around us. And I just remember the visual of a double ripple effect. And I was like, oh my gosh, these people are relentless. And after he finished praying, Anna was like, I'm not just going to leave you here in the aftermath of this. Like she dropped me off in the arms of two spiritual mothers who just continued to pray for me. When I was done with them, I was passed off to Papa Rod, who just, it was like Papa God himself was embracing me. I told, I told one of my little sisters in Christ this morning, she's like, I need to get a hug from Papa Rod. I was like, by the time you're done, there will be no anxiety in your body. It'll just, it'll all be gone. After that moment, I think Papa Rod passed me off to Phyllis, and in her sweet prayer language from head to toe, she was just praying for me. And she passed me off to Linda. Linda literally just put her forehead to mine. The weight of his glory hit me so hard, I just fell on the floor. And as I was lying there, I think about eight different women were gathering around me, just praying. Some who, would, who I'd never met before, when I finally kind of like opened my eyes, there was this sweet sister in Christ just praying over me. Literally, had, I don't think I'd met her before. Um, I don't know if she's here today. But I was just like, wow, thank you. Thank you for praying for me. And what ended up happening was after we all kind of like stopped praying for me, the women just started prophesying and praying over each other. And I was just like, what is this place? And the, the thing that hit me was that this is the kingdom. This is the family where people don't fall through the cracks, where people, people don't have to do life alone. And the Lord gave me this sweet line and he said, Amy, there is a place so deep inside love where nothing else hurts. And in that moment, it became true. Like the greatest grief that I've had to carry for six years and ongoing, the greatest grief was drowned in this bubble of God's love. And the realization that, guess what? All of earth will be that one day. We'll just be the family where you don't have to worry if you don't belong. You don't even, in, in many ways, you don't even care about the healing because the family is here and they're not leaving. And I just pray that that is a testimony for everyone in this house, that you experience the family of God because he is a shield on all sides. And he often is a shield on all, on all sides through people, through that physical touch. Um, and that's, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Amy. Hey, Jane, you want to come on up? Yeah. I love the testimony of God is a healer and the testimony of the family of God and the power of that family. Well, Jane, come on up here. I wrote mine down because I tend to ramble, so here we go. Okay. Um, 
So on April 24th this year, I found out that I was pregnant with our first child. I had some mild anxieties throughout the pregnancy because I was told um, that I was a high risk for postpartum depression and even postpartum psychosis uh, since my sister battled that with both her kids. And she and I both have bipolar disorder and are on similar medications. Um, so during several prayer groups at Radiant, I brought this up that I was kind of, you know, concerned about it. And so many of you um, prayed over my baby girl and prayed over me to be protected from any postpartum complications. Um, so thank you for every person <laughs> that prayed over that over me. Um, so one of the most powerful prayer times was during the. Um, women's group that meets once a month on Saturdays. So shout out if you were there. Um, I was well into my third trimester at the time. I think it was November or December, one of those. Um, and I confided in a few women that I needed prayer for all th these concerns. Um, and I wrote it down. I think it was Linda and Margaret, Shana, Sunday, and Phyllis, if I remember right. Sorry if I forgot anybody. But I just felt so loved and cared for and seen it was so great, so thank you. Um, and then I specifically remember, I don't know exactly who all it was, but I think it was the whole group. They began to powerfully pray um, for these concerns about postpartum depression. And then I think it was Phyllis actually declared that I would experience postpartum joy instead of depression in Jesus' name. And I was kind of smiling because we named our daughter Charlotte Joy. So I kept the name a secret, so that was a cool moment. Um, so little Charlotte is at home with my husband right now. She's two weeks old, um, and I'm, th I'm thrilled to actually say it's been an incredible season of joy. I'm really nervous right now, but I'm, I promise I'm joyful. <laughs> um, so it, it just has been a really refreshing season of joy. I, I mean, obviously we're not getting full hours of sleep, but... Despite all that, we feel, I mean, I feel healthy and stable, smiling, laughing, the, enjoy the cuddles, the sweetness, like it's really a good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so it's just so refreshing and just a reminder that God hears and answers prayer. Like, so thank you all. Um, and then I think that's everything. Yeah. That was good. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that, Jane. I appreciate that. All right, Johnny and Lauren, our last ones for this morning. I'll have you come on up here. And uh, have you noticed kind of a theme that's been going on? People in the family of God praying over each other, ministering to each other. It's almost like God knew what he was doing when he said, my house will be a house of prayer. And as you move into that and grow into that, you experience the fullness of God. Well, Johnny and Lauren, it's good to have you back. Welcome back. And some people probably haven't even met you because uh, you all left to go to Guatemala to renew your visa for three months, right? Yeah, we thought it was going to be three months to five months at the most. And we were there for over two years. So uh, we just got back and there's been so many things that have happened, so many testimonies, we can't share them all. So we're just, uh, we wanna recount some of them. I'm not even sure what to start with. 
Um, do you know? Uh, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> hey, what was the big thing that the... What's the testimony of what the Lord did in you over the two years while you were in Guatemala? Um, I think we just learned a lot from God. We thought we knew him, like, like we thought we were Christians, but we actually realized how much we needed to learn and it was like a lot of work into action like okay we really have to trust we really have to use our faith how do we use our faith and when we run out of faith uh, where do we get more like all of that it's just like but um uh my family they even said before you guys got here like we were doing good but as soon as we got there, like, we started going, we started going through a lot of trials. Uh, it was like a trial after another trial. It was just like constant. And after a trial is over, uh, it's like two weeks in between, three weeks. And we're like, what's going to be the next trial? And then <laughs> something shows up. Um, yeah, there was like two motorcycle accidents. My, my brother, he fractured his skull. Um, we were really nervous. I think he had internal bleeding, but we were praying really, we were pray, praying a lot and God did a, did a work there. Um, yeah, it's just a lot. Well, you said when you're out of faith, you learn to get more. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? I'm, I'm curious now. <laughs> That's something we all, we all need. So, cause our immigration process was kind of, was, was kind of complex. Um, there was a chance, so pretty much the embassy, they didn't really do a good job with their process. They pretty much rejected my, um, my, my visa. And there was a risk that we were gonna be there for 10 years. Like we were gonna be stuck out of the country for 10, 10 years. Cause uh, we only planned for five months, like we saved some money for only to be there for five months. So like the whole process there, we don't know what to do. It was really hard to plan things around, what to do for work, and, um, but, yeah, a lot of times, it was just like, um, God, like, we're trusting, we're trying to have faith, but it's just so hard sometimes, like, it feels like the whole, like, there's a really big burden, um, on you and I don't know, it's just so hard to trust. I don't know if you guys have been through that, but it's just really hard to trust. Every single one of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as hard as you try with all your strength, you can't. You just have to like let it go and then trust in God, like leave everything in his hands. Like sometimes anxiety, fear just comes. You, we don't know what's gonna happen, what's gonna be tomorrow. Um, but we have learned to just give it all to God I think the biggest thing was uh, after hearing that we were gonna be stuck there for 10 years, um, we were just, so before that, we, I went to an interview at the embassy and then we were really hopeful. We were praying a lot, like the whole church was praying for us. So we, it was like a clear win for us. Like we thought it was gonna happen. But then, then they said, oh, you, we can't approve your visa. So like, we just felt like, I don't know, it was just a whole day of weeping, like disappointment. 
I just never felt like that. And I started doubting, doubting God, like the devil, trying to tell me that God is not powerful and he can't do anything. Um, and even, I even like, why am I even trusting God? I'm trusting him and nothing has happened. I, I've hoped all this time, all these years. And um, yeah, just a lot, but it, the spirit was there. All the times we were struggling, didn't know what to do, God was always there. He was always there in the darkest times. We, yeah, even though it felt hopeless, God was there. We felt his presence, we felt him comforting us the whole time. Um, so yeah, we just, we just decided to go like, okay, we're gonna trust, because God is powerful, he can do anything. We're gonna trust that uh, our lawyer is gonna do something. She she offered an, uh, another solution to like email them to kind of like say, you guys, uh, this is the law and this is uh, he doesn't need to do this and you guys need to approve his uh, visa. So we were like, it doesn't matter how I feel right now. Maybe we're really disappointed, but we're gonna hope. Even though we we felt like we had so like a a master seed yeah. of hope like yeah it was just so hard to to trust but yeah. we just start praying praying fasting a lot i was just like i'm desperate let's get everyone to pray for us like mom can you like your church can you have them pray for us they came to pray for us and yeah yeah that's good yeah we went to the the forest we just like look for God there. We were desperate. I didn't know. I was just doing whatever I can. God, please hear our cry. Like, please make a way. Even though it felt like it was impossible. But then God made a way. And we're here. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad. <laughs> we're here. Yeah. yeah. Lauren, do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, uh, to look for faith and build our faith in that time. Um, someone who is a mentor to us, uh, they were like, maybe you should write down everything that God has done in the past and remember how he has brought you through that. And in those times, we probably felt hopeless, like he couldn't do it. And he did it. So we started writing down and remembering everything that he had done. and. Even in that time, we were like, I don't know if he can do it again. Yeah, it was really hard. But he did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you had people who were bad at their job mm -hmm. and were unjust, and the Lord prevailed. Yeah. yeah. So what would you say to someone who's struggling, who's been waiting a long time in an impossible situation? Hmm. Just believe in his faithfulness and that his plan is the better one. Um, yeah. That was one of the verses that uh, another father in Christ had shared with us in that time of, like, in that time that was so hard. It was that God is working all things out for the good of those who love him. Yeah. yeah. Just trusting that. Even when it's hard. Yeah, even when it's really hard, you don't have energy to, to do anything. And the devil's telling you a lot of lies. Like, uh, most of the time I was like, oh, that could have been a co coincidence. Like, sometimes I, 
maybe us Christians, we think like that. Oh, maybe that, that was a coincidence and it wasn't actually God, but it was him. And that's just some things that we can see and he's working behind the scenes as well. And uh, even though it's really hard, just keep pushing, um, pray fast. Yeah. I don't know, just believe the God, how powerful he is. And uh, yeah, he's going to make a way. Yeah, yeah he's going to make bit. a way. Yeah. Thank you so much. Love you guys. All right. You guys got called out. We're back. I think Johnny did mention it a little bit, but right before our breakthrough, um, we went, it was Johnny's idea, I think. We went on the mountain because there's a mountain close to where we live, and we went up there and we just started praying and, and uh, worshiping God mm -hmm. and crying out to him. And I think it was the next day we had the visa approved. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, praise God. And our first response after that was like, let's go up there again. Let's go up there and praise him. Yeah. Yeah. So Love praise it. God. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Again, that theme in theirs was it wasn't them on their own. Uh, they had the family of God with them and encouraging and ministering to them to, uh, through that. And so what we're going to do now is uh, all these testimonies you just heard, hopefully it, it caused you to glorify Jesus and, and help you to see more of who he is and what he's like and maybe even stirred up some faith in you for the needs that you have in your own life and the different things you're going through. Maybe it's a healing that you need. Maybe it's you need the family of God to surround you and minister to you. Maybe you need God uh, to make a way an impossible situation. Uh, whatever it is, uh, we as the family of God, we go to him and we ask him to do these things. And you know, it wasn't important that who it was that prayed for somebody uh, because the Lord's the one that heals. The Lord's the one that opens doors. We partner with him through our prayers of intercession, but it's not us that make it happen or that are special. It's him that's special and it's him that makes it happen. And we're all honored to be able to partner with him in his ministry on this earth. And so uh, two things. One is, uh, they're talking about the women's group. Gene was talking about that and praying for them. That women's group's meeting again this Saturday at 10 a.m. right here. So coming out to the women's group and uh, have some sisters around you and mothers around you who are gonna love you and pour into you. Um, and then the other piece is right here, we're gonna break up into groups to pray. And this is a place of where you can, if you need healing, let people in your group know that you need healing. Let them pray for you in faith. If you need people to surround you and to feel loved, let people know that. Let them be the family of God to you. If you're facing an impossible situation, you need provision, whatever it may be, let the family of God know so they can come around you and pray for you and encourage you. And, uh, and we will see more and more testimonies of God's goodness and faithfulness to us. Now, we're all waiting on the day when all things are recreated when he is here with us and we don't have to pray for healing because there's no more sickness. We don't have to pray for impossible situations to be defeated because there are no more impossible situations. But here and now in the day that we live in, he is good, he is faithful, 
And there are so many things that we don't have because we haven't come to him in the place of prayer with the family of God to intercede. And so I'd encourage you, break into some groups of four, six, eight people, be real and transparent and open with each other, minister to each other, receive ministry. And then when you're done, go on out, drink some coffee, there's some food out there and enjoy the fellowship of the family of God. I love you all. God bless. Let's break into groups and pray.